0: End time investments, pre- or post-tribulation rapture, apostasy or revival in the end time, world government, and Joe Biden celebrates the Transgender Day of Visibility. All prophetic topics, and we will discuss them while taking your calls on this open line edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Now, I will be taking your calls today. It's open line Friday. The number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. But I have an opening dialogue that I want to go through real quick before I come to the calls and... There are a lot of people speculating right now because of the Russia-Ukraine situation. They're likening that to what happened after the Berlin Wall came down and we moved into a system of New World Order. They're likening this to another situation in Europe that could lead to a Russia-Chinese New World Order. Now, and they're speculating, could this be the healing of the deadly wound in Revelation chapter 13? No, don't believe that it is. Let me tell you why. I'll explain the prophecy and then we'll go through and I want to share some things with you because it's in the news. It's, I've read news articles about it. And so in Revelation thirteen one through 3, the Bible says, I stood upon the sand of the sea, saw a beast rise up out of a sea, having seven heads, ten horns. Upon his heads, the name of Blasphemy. The beast, which John saw, was, had the body of the leopard, the feet of the bear, Russia, the mouth of the lion, and the ten horns of the 10 horn kingdom. The Bible says the dragon gave it its seat, power, and great authority. And John said, and I saw one of his heads wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And when the deadly wound was healed, all the world wondered after the beast. So, the deadly wound. So, the beasts symbolize nations. We know that. Uh, so it is a one of the one of the heads of the beast would be wounded. One of the nations would be wounded. Nigh unto death, the wound would be healed, and the world will wonder after the beast. Well, if you understand, after World War II, the Allies—Russia, uh, Great Britain, the United States—they got together and they determined that something was wrong with the very soul of Germany, because you know they had repeatedly plunged us into war. The Franco-German War, 1870, World War I, World War II. So they said, we've got to stop this. Well, what they did, they split Germany in half. They created the uh, East Germany, placing it under Communist Soviet Union sphere, and uh, that influence, and then West Germany, placing it under the Allied sphere of influence. And by doing that, they created two separate German nations. And they reduced Germany's population and financial muscle to the point that they could no longer really be a threat to world peace. At that time, the news headlines screamed, Germany is dead, she will never rise again. Now, when the communist reality set into East Germany and into Eastern Europe, the Eastern European people, there was a huge hemorrhage. They wanted they want, hemorrhage. They wanted to get out from under the communist tyranny, and as a result, many of them fled into Western Germany, into Western Europe. And on August 14th, 1961, the Soviet Union built the Berlin Wall, this 29-mile wall that divided East Berlin from West Berlin, and they also established the Iron Curtain. You've seen many pictures of it, I'm sure. And they placed these lookouts all along there and they would just shoot people if they tried to get across. It was a horrible situation separating Eastern and West Germany. There was major articles that said, hey, this is the 29-mile wound. This wound to the nation of Germany, one of the heads of the leopard in Revelation 13. It was a wound that would not heal. Secular news articles were saying this. So in... As a result of this prophecy, Irvin Baxter wrote a book, A Message for the President, in 1986. And I want you to understand this because there are news articles today that are saying perhaps the Russian Ukraine thing could lead to a new world order of Russia and China, this conflict that's going on. However, that's not the case. Because my father in law wrote a book, because he understood the interpretation of this prophecy, 1986, message for the president. In the book, and I'm reading an excerpt from the book, he said, What event would propel a world leader into the favor of the world's peoples any quicker than to achieve the reunification of the two Germanys? Remember, this was we were at the Cold War at this point. The Berlin Wall was the symbol of the Cold War. When Irvin Baxter went to write the book, all of his friends said, Irvin, don't do that. You're going to ruin your credibility. Nobody's ever going to have you preach. You'll never have a ministry. You'll be the laughingstock of your organization. People are just aren't going to pay any attention to you. He said, look, it's in the prophecies of the Bible. God's wanting me to write it, and he published the book. So he says, um, he talked about the reunification of the two Germanys. He said, how impressive it would be for the bulldozers from both sides of the, of the much-hated Berlin Wall to move in, knocking it down while television cameras beam the sight around the world. When this happens, the great world leader spoken of in these prophecies will stand proud, and compromise, uh, proud of the compromise he has arranged and enjoy the applause that will be heaped upon him by people from around the world. It will look like the, the great peacemaker has arrived. However, the Bible says the Antichrist shall by peace destroy many. Peace does not always save, as the united Germanies shall someday learn. Here's the last paragraph. Listen closely. It was clearly seen by John in Revelation 13, 3, the scripture I just read, that Germany would be divided and that her deadly wound would be healed. As these prophecies are fulfilled, the whole world will follow after the beast and be led into his kingdom, which is a one-world government. Well, what happened? November 9th, 1999, the Berlin Wall came down. The two Germanys reunited. And we moved straight off into it. Was like 19 days later, George H.W. Bush, Gorbachev, and John Paul II came out of their meetings talking about what? Remember George H.W. Bush, the New World Order, just like Irvin Baxter had written in the book. There's articles from the National Interest in the news right now, many others. The aftermath of the war in Ukraine. And it talks about the healing of the deadly wound, the fall of the Berlin Wall, and how it moved us into the New World Order. I'll give you the excerpt from the article after the break, and then we'll go straight to the phone lines. Uh, I've got a few lines open. Again, if you'd like to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. And uh, we'll get right back into it after the break with answering your questions on this open line edition. Right
1: now, there are tens of thousands of Jewish immigrants stranded in Ukraine as Russia invades city after city with no regard for human life. 3,000 Jews are ready to return to Israel today. The need for evacuation, shelter, flights, and emergency housing. Nearly 10 million the Jews in Ukraine need your help If half of you gave just $250 toward this need It would be met in full today Please consider giving to help Jews safely escape Ukraine To give or learn more go to intime.com slash Ukraine Or call 800 intime. That's intime.com slash Ukraine Or 800-363-8463
2: Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you.
0: Okay, well, in the excerpt in The National Interest, remember Irvin Baxter's book, Berlin Wall would come down two Germany, so would reunite, we'd be, that would be the catalyst that would launch us into the New World Order. The National Interest. And again, there's many of these uh, articles right now. The title of the article, The Aftermath of the Ukraine War, talking about could this Ukraine-Russian situation lead us into a new era, just like after the Berlin Wall came down, but in a new era of new world order with Russia and China. They said, in the heady days that followed the fall of the Berlin Wall and the dissolution of the Soviet Union... President George H.W. Uh, George Bush and his successors, even as they envisioned a more cooperative relationship with Moscow, trumpeted the Cold War success and the dawn of a U.S.-centered world order that it signified. Exactly. Now, this article was just a few days ago. But this is exactly what Irvin Baxter said would happen. How did he know three years before it happened? How did he know that? This is what really put end time on the map was this book, uh, Message for the President. How did he know that that was going to happen? Because of the prophecies of the Bible. And so it gives us clarity in the end time, everybody. And I'm so thankful for that uh, and thankful for my father-in-law and you know him just being the um, leading the charge all these years in all of this. So very thankful for all of that. It lets us know, you know, are we in the end time? Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind. And this is only one prophecy. that I could could go through many of them, and uh, we will on future programs. Okay, let's go straight to the phones. Again, I'll take your calls today, uh, 1-877-363-8463. Let's go to Mary Ann in Utah. God bless Mary Ann. Welcome to End of the Age. Well,
3: hello, Dave. You know, I've got to tell you something. I saw you on the Jim Baker show, Um, of course, I'm not getting it as quickly as probably you did it. But I'll tell you, and I realize that there's a lot of problems with the Ukraine and Russia and everything. I get that part. Yeah. You was talking about the uh, four horse of the apoca- apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Well, when I saw you talking in about the last 10 minutes that you were talking, I thought, I hope everybody in the world's watching this, because I'm jumping up and down going, go, Dave, go, because you were on fire I don't think you breathed for uh, a whole 10 minutes. Yeah. You were going so fast, so I was hope. I just wanted to tell you, you're on fire. I knew you knew what you were doing. And I appreciate you, Dave. I really do. And your team. But that was impressive. And I would imagine the whole uh, Jim Baker show, by the time you had even finished your first one, I didn't get to see the second one because it no. hasn't come on my program yet, but yep. I don't want to keep you. I just wanted to tell you how impressed I am and talked to, with you before. But, man, you know your business, and I thank you. Wow. And I hope everybody got to see that, Dave. I really do.
0: Yeah, well, thank you so much, Mary Ann. I, um, I will just attribute that to God and to Irvin Baxter. I, I don't. I can't take any credit for any of that. Uh, Jim and Lori Baker and their whole team—they recognized yeah. my father-in-law when he went on. That yeah. he did. He didn't take any notes. He didn't take his Bible. He didn't take any notes. He just showed up, sat down, started quoting scripture, and so yeah. they were—they just marveled at that.
3: Well, well when we, I came yeah, because,
0: in, yeah, because, go ahead.
3: Because that's when I first saw Irvin Baxter yeah. is on that program, and so I have been stuck to it. Yes. Forever now, you know. And when I heard you were going to be on and you've been on a couple times, well, I was so, well, I love the whole team. I love the whole thing. But I specifically wanted to watch you every time I would heard you were going to be on. And on my end of the program, you hadn't come on yet. And it has yeah. been a week or a week or two. So I've been watch, watching every day just to watch you. Mm-hmm. And look what you did. That was so impressive. I hope all of you. Everybody got to see it. I'm proud of everybody. I don't want to keep you, but you were on fire, and I couldn't say anything faster than you did without <laughs> one breath in 10 minutes. I was breathing for you, and I have a bad back, and I'm jumping up and down in my living room going, go, Dave, go.
0: Yeah. I Yeah, yeah they gave me just a little bit of time, and they answered. they asked a big question, and I was like, man, I've mm. only got so much time here, so I just started firing it off. And um, thank, thank God that I've been trained uh, by a man of God, Irvin Baxter. That's, I can't really take credit for any of it because this has been drilled in me for so long. Again, it's really a God thing, Marianne, at the end of the yes, day.
3: But you know one other thing? Could have Irvin Baxter ever, and Jana, bless her heart for marrying you, could have Irvin Baxter picked anybody better than you? Absolutely not. You well, are an absolute ministry and to the rest of the world so all of you are i'm just i was so impressed i just got to tell you i was just jazzed up about how you could speak without breathing
0: <laughs> it, 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 i uh, i don't know how to answer that um, it's it's again it's a god thing when i get on those things i pray before i go on there and god has to anoint you because to talk for two or three or four hours with no notes, no Bible, and just quote all that stuff, that's really a God thing, Mary Ann. I, I can't explain it. Um
3: it sure came your way, too. It yeah. came right out of you and flew. So I'm glad we don't have to have you on oxygen.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that.
3: Well, well, I just want you to know that I love you, and I'll take you and let you go on about your program, because uh-huh. I'm watching you.
0: Okay. Well, thank okay. you, Mary Ann. God bless you, you my friend. And, and we all love you as well. And, and everybody really watching with us, our, everybody that is associated with us understands when we say we love people, that we mean it. And so thank you very much. Um, and what a great compliment it is still to the influence of Irvin Baxter, my father-in-law, living on um, through me and Doug and Vince and through the ministry And opening these huge doors for us to go on a Jim Baker or a Marcus and Joni Lamb program or some of these other huge things and reaching so many people. Uh, I'm so thankful to be able to do that. And God has helped us. My father-in-law had probably the closest thing to a photogenic memory I've ever seen. And so it's only by a lot of hard work on my part that I've been able to come and quote all these scriptures and stuff. But it's, um, it, it, it comes back just to simply God in our life. Uh, and so that's the main thing. Okay, uh, thank you so much, Marianne. Let's move on. Let's go to Don in Colorado. God bless, Don. Welcome to End of the Age. Hey, Don, are you with me?
4: Yeah, can you hear me now? Yes, I can.
0: <laughs> yes, sir. Okay.
4: So I have a question um, you know, with the sixth Trumpet War coming, that may come a time where where we as our Christians may need to, like, uh, you know, get people baptized or anything like that. Is there a course or anything that we could take uh, to help that? You know what I mean? Like uh, if there comes a time where, you know what I mean, like the first thing at the church or anything like that? It's just a question.
0: Is there a at course time, that yeah. you could take to baptize people?
4: Yeah, you
0: know, like, uh, yeah. or is it you know, like, yeah, go ahead. No, so the, the thing is, we go off of the example in the Bible. Many times people, they would go to the elders of the church and they would do the baptizing. So in our churches, that's what we do. Now, okay. I recognize that there are times when you, you know, I've had all these hypothetical situations. What if we're on a desert island somewhere and you can't get to, uh, a, a man of God or something like that. Well, fine. You'd have to baptize somebody yourself. But we, the examples in the Bible, they normally went to, you know, they had baptismal ceremonies and they would come and the man of God would baptize them. He would be a qualified individual. And so that's what we do in our churches. But, um, you know, there may be some times uh, in, in some of the end-time scenarios that are playing out that you can't get to. Uh, you don't have a pastor anywhere near you, and that time you may have to baptize some people in a bathtub. Get after it, Don.
4: Okay, that's what I was yeah. cause I know the ear of the trumpet, you know? Yeah, yeah.
5: Okay.
0: Yep. Okay, thank you. God bless, my friend. Uh, let's go to
5: Randy in Illinois. God bless, Randy. Welcome to End of the Age. Thank you, Brother Dave. I enjoy talking to you so much. I love the ministry, love all the teachings. Uh, one thing that you guys are talking about, and this had really helped me, so many people, quote-unquote, Matthew 24, verses 29 through 31, and say, well, yeah, this is for the Jews. This is not for the church. But as Irvin and you talk about, teach in the fact that Matthew Twenty four twenty nine is explaining that the elect is for the people that's going to rise or the people that's going to, as we say, go up in the rapture or be to or be gathered. Yes. Because as Paul wrote, this uh, the church the Romans did not receive. Excuse me to the Romans through the Romans book of Romans the Jews did not receive yet the elect did or Correct. the chosen ones or god's church correct and one more scripture that really helps is galatians three twenty nine. and yes. if you be christ then are you abraham's seed right. and heirs according to the promise that's exactly right not any other thing except we are in jesus christ we don't deserve it jews don't deserve it no one deserves his goodness his blessing but thank you so much yes. i love your ministry uh Truth is all I care about, and I know that's all you care about. Amen.
0: Well, I do thank you for that, Randy. And and that's the thing is that people need to understand when they're talking about the elect in the New Testament versus yes. the elect in the Old The elect in the Old Testament, that were the Israelites. Totally agree. Exactly. But in the New Testament, the elect is the church of God. Exactly. And in Matthew 24, uh, in the Olivet Discourse, they said, what's going to be the sign of your coming the end of the age? And... He's talking to us, the people that would be on the earth, the elect on the earth at the time of the rapture, not just the Jews. The Jews turn to the Lord when he plants his feet up on the Mount of Olives. The Bible says when the fullness of the Gentiles become in, then all of Israel would be saved. So the rapture will have taken place at that time and we come back with him when he plants his feet on the Mount of Olives. So, I mean, there's a million proofs for that, but I do thank you for the clarification, Randy. Thank you, sir. All right, God bless, God bless you, my friend. Uh, let's go to Blaine in Tennessee. God bless Blaine.
4: Good afternoon, Mr. Dave.
0: Uh,
4: how, how you my doing, question, my friend? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. 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 Uh, my question is uh, on the the, the the parables of the ten virgins and their lamps. Yes. And the uh, the the grinding at the meal, and, and mm-hmm. the one will be taken, the other one will be left, so yes. on and so forth. There are several parables there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like it's always a, a half. It's always half is taken. Is God trying to tell us that there's only going to be a fifty percent of the population is going to make it to heaven in the rapture?
0: No, no, I don't think that's what he's saying here. The he's giving examples of people that some will be taken some will be left behind. Because if you look at this and you hold straight to this, then there's everybody that's two in a bed, one's going to be taken the other left. That's not the case. He is saying that because there will be many thousands of husband and wives both that go. And so what he's saying here is that in the end time, the rapture will be just like the parable of the wheat and the tares in Matthew 13. The wheat will be taken, put in the storehouse. The tares will be cast into the fire. There's going to be a complete separation at the time of the rapture. There's not going to be any gray area. Those that are ready, they're going to be taken. Those that are not ready, they're going to be left behind. There's going to be no purgatory. There's no in-between. There's no gray area. And that's what he's saying here in all of the parables, even the parable of the ten virgins. Those that let the oil go out of their lamps, symbolic of the Holy Ghost, even though they had been part of the bride it when they let that come when they let that um oil run out, when the bridegroom came, it's time to go. You should have kept your, the oil in your lamps, and so um uh, that's what he's talking about here. I don't think he's talking about a literal fifty percent here oh okay well,
4: yes that was that was uh that was kind of wo uh, <laughs> yeah yeah, I
0: just I, that I wanted to clarify that.
4: I've been on my mind for a long time absolutely. Well, thank you very much, sir.
0: God and, bless you, my friend. You have a great weekend. You're all, are doing, a, you, you all are doing a great job. Thank you very much. Okay, okay, everybody, let's go to Jeff in California. God bless, Jeff. Welcome to End of the Age.
4: Thank you, Pastor Dave.
0: Um,
4: I was always looking for what would start the Sixth Trumpet War. Yes. And, uh, and we're getting, obviously, we're getting closer and closer to that. Mm-hmm. There were two... Uh, Treaties signed in 1923 with the Turks and the uh, English and French and the Allied forces uh, in 1923, which broke up the Ottoman Empire. And then uh, those two uh, treaties run out in uh, 2023. Mm
6: -hmm.
4: It's my thought that uh, Turkey will go back after the Ottoman Empire want to rebuild the Ottoman Empire if they see that Putin is getting away with it
0: yeah you know their northern neighbor
4: what's going to stop them from starting to get their empire back which is right there at the Euphrates and Tigris River
0: yeah
4: and I was wondering about your thoughts about it have you heard anything if if Turkey's making any noise about that uh, but it's my contention that that's going to start it
0: yeah so, Turkey would like to resurrect that, uh, the Ottoman Empire. Erdogan would love to do that and to potentially maybe take back over Jerusalem. Let's, um, I tell you what, Jeff, I'm coming up to a break. Let's hold over the break and we'll continue the discussion on the other side. Uh, I've got a few spots open, everybody. 1 877 363 8463. And, uh, you know, I mean, we'll do our best to answer your question, we'll dialogue. Talk about pre-post-trib, whatever you want to talk about, um, and look forward on the other side of the break.
7: Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty?
0: Okay, welcome back, everybody. Let me get back to Jeff's question about the about Turkey and the Ottoman Empire. They're back in um, Jeff. Are you with me? I am. Okay. So back in the I think it was in October of 2020, Turkey's Erdogan was saying, "Hey, we need to take." He was he was suggesting or saying, "Hey, we need to take back Jerusalem because it was originally ours ours." And he was referring back to the. Ottoman Empire that ruled the city for about, what, 400 years, something like that, if my uh, dates are right. And so he does have that in the back of his mind. However, will that be the thing that launches us, would be the catalyst that would launch us into a six-trumpet war? I don't know if we have the answer to that because you know, as well as I do, Jeff, that a million things could happen. I always watch the Iran situation and them going for a nuclear warhead um however it could be the turkey situation because erdoğan's already said i i we need we need to take jerusalem back it was originally ours so um at this point from everything i have heard and read i i i still don't know i look to i look to the iran situation mm-hmm. because it's a religious thing it's not going to go away it hasn't went away in the last 40 years plus it's still ongoing today, and many people believe that we have already entered the war, the World War III, but it, the the um, casualties, it, really, it, it just hasn't escalated to the point to where we would have mass casualties. Again, right. it could be Iran. It could be Turkey. At this point, Jeff, I do not have a conclusive answer for you. Right. That's why I brought it up, because yeah.
4: I, you know, I was just listening to something else, and, and I got about 10 seconds of a guy talking about it. And yeah. Went,
0: huh. No, that's, he actually, I, I, he did propose that, absolutely. He's already talked yeah. about taking Jerusalem back. However, with Israel he, he having 200 do. nuclear weapons, I can tell you right now, that's not going to happen.
4: That's not going to happen. But <laughs> if he goes after Kurdistan, and if he goes after
0: yeah. Iraq
4: and yeah. Syria, wanting to bring back as much of the Ottoman Empire that he can get, mm-hmm. he knows that we're weak. And yep. Russia is getting away with everything that they're getting, trying to expand their uh, empire. Yeah. You know, why would he? Why would he not go? Hey, this is our, our opportunity. Our treaty that treaty is ended. Yep. Let's go do it.
0: It would be a great opportunity, and it's a great thought, Jeff. But you know, at this point, only time will tell, my friend.
4: Exactly. Well, yep. I just wanted to throw that out there for you to right. think about.
0: Well, thank you much, and I'll I, I watch that, but again. I think at this point, and what's going on in the world stage, I think with the Russia Iran uh, China alliance and everything that's happened there, they're doing maritime operations together, all these different things. They're, they're working together in economies and militarily and things. I would think, I would tend to think it would be Iran. Could it be Turkey? Very possible. I simply do not know at this point. Yeah, neither do I. That's why I brought it up. All right, Jeff. Thank you very much. God bless you, my thank friend. Thank you. God bless. You. Let's go to Sandy in Kansas. God bless, Sandy. Welcome to End of the Age.
3: Hi, Dave. I have a question for you. I'm trying to figure out how to explain to people that the Gog-Magog war in Ezekiel 38 is not the next thing on the agenda, that it's actually after the Antichrist reign when that war happens. Yes. People think that it's going to happen any time now, and... Can you explain to me how I can
0: explain that? Yes. There's actually more than one way uh, to do that. If you look at the... So I know, number one, that the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war is the Battle of Armageddon, which occurs at the end of the Great Tribulation period. How do I know that? One of the easiest ways to prove that, and I'll, I'll give you the scriptures if you go to Revelation 19, yeah. go all the way down to uh, verse 17. This the Revelation 19, 17, it's the ending, the culmination of the battle of Armageddon, right there at the very end. It says, And I saw an angel standing in the sun. He cried with a loud voice, saying to the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven. Because when God comes back, he's going to annihilate the this." Several, most of the vials of the wrath of God are poured out upon the armies that have come down against Israel to battle at the Battle of Armageddon. So he just wipes them out. Well, the Bible says right here, I saw an angel that cried with a loud voice saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together under the great supper of our God that you may eat the flesh of kings, flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses, and then that set upon them both free and bond, small and great. So that's what happens at the battle of Armageddon. Well, if you go back mm-hmm. to Ezekiel 39, and at verse 17, same verse here, it says, At the end of the ba- at the end of this battle, and the, and thou son of man, thou saith the Lord God, speak unto every feathered fowl and every beast of the field. Assemble yourselves and come, gather yourselves on every side to my sacrifice that I do sacrifice for you. Even a great sacrifice unto the mountains of Israel that ye may eat flesh and drink blood. Ye may eat the flesh of mighty and drink the blood of the princes of the earth and rams, lambs, goats, bullocks and the fatlings of Bashan. So this is the great supper of our God. It's the exact same event. It only happens one time in the future and that's at the battle of Armageddon. That's the absolute easiest way to prove that um, th- th- it is uh, the, the Battle of Armageddon. Not a, The Sixth Trumpet War, scripturally, is the next war to occur. In right. Ezekiel 38, they're gathered to Israel. And in that, in, that's the Battle of Armageddon. In the Sixth Trumpet War, it starts from the Euphrates River region and goes out around the world. The Battle of Armageddon is localized. So those are the two main ways to prove that Ezekiel 38 and 39 occur after the tribulation at the Battle of Armageddon. The Sixth Trumpet War, war occurs before the Great Tribulation.
3: Okay, that sounds very good. Yes. I can, I can do that.
0: Very good. That's the easiest way. Thank you. Uh, Revelation yeah. 19, 17, Revela- uh, Ezekiel 39:17. Yep. Right. Yes.
3: Okay, thank you very much, Very
0: Okay, Sandy. Well, thank you much. God bless you. Uh, Let's go to Angela in Georgia. God bless Angela. Welcome to End of the Age.
8: Um, Thank you so much for your ministry. I appreciate that. Um, I wanted to ask a question. Yep. Um, Those with the pre-tribulation thoughts that tend to go back to the scripture in Matthew 24 and 36, Mm -hmm. saying that no man shall know the day or the hour. Yes. And if we are, you know, in the tribulation, we're gonna actually know what that last day is by the days and counting them up. So how how can that be explained?
0: Yes. Okay, so let me quote Matthew 24, 36, in the King James Version, it says, But of that day and hour knoweth, K-N-O-W-E-T-H, knoweth, no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Okay, so there's several reasons for this. Number one, knoweth, the word knoweth, is a present tense form of the word know. So, Jesus is saying, right now, no man knoweth. Present tense, 2,000 years ago. However, if you understand Daniel chapter 12, Daniel was asking the Lord and trying to figure out, when do all these things come to pass? And the Lord said, nope, Daniel, you're going to go lay with your brethren Close up and seal this book because it is for the people of the time of the end. And so none of the apostles understood the writings of Daniel. They didn't understand anything about the nations that would be on the earth at the time of the second coming. They didn't know anything about all that stuff. And so they couldn't understand. But now we're the people of the time of the end. All those nations are on the earth. We understand the writings of Daniel and now we can know. Now, there's not a time when I will come on the air and say, hey, September 23rd, the Lord's going to come back. I'm not going to do that. But the Bible does say, and again, the apostles didn't understand this, in Daniel 9, he prophesied that a future global leader, the Antichrist, would confirm a covenant between the Israelis and the Palestinians. It would take me the rest of the program to prove that, but just believe me. The, uh, and that would last for a seven-year period. That would be the event that starts that final seven-year period. So when that event occurs, then we can know, hey, we got about seven years left. Can I give a day? No, not at that point. It could be seven years in one day or seven years minus a day. I don't know. It's about seven years. And then we will know about the time when he's going to come. 2,000 years ago, they couldn't know. They didn't understand the writings of Daniel. Today we do. The Bible says in Daniel eleven thirty two and 33, During the times of the Antichrist, they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits, and they that understand among the people shall instruct many. The apostles could not understand the writings of Daniel. Therefore, there's no way. It wasn't possible for them. Another thing, very quick, Angela. If you look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I want to read it for everybody because I want to bring them in on the conversation. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Check this out. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, men and brethren, he's talking to the the church there. He said, but of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. All these people he was talking to was going to pass away. He's talking to the church back there. He said, for yourselves know perfectly, the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. Well, a lot of people quit reading right there. Hey, The Lord's going to come as a thief in the night. Nobody will know when he's coming. But let's read on. This is 1 Thessalonians 5 3. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Listen at verse 4. But you, brethren, now he's talking to us, you, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. You see what I'm saying? You are children of the light and children of the day. We are not of the night or darkness, therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. So in the end time, there will be people that are totally oblivious. Yes, he will come as a thief in the night to them. But for those that are studying, praying, seeking God's face, being led by the Spirit of God and understand the prophecies, he will not come as a thief in the night. We will know about when he will come. And that's what... Jesus was saying in Matthew 24, 36. Yes. Yes.
8: Well, and that's good. The thing that bothers me is I kind of wonder, what is that great falling away? Um, could it be that the saints of the Most High have been told and taught that, that you know, the Lord is, not, is coming before the tribulation, and then they lose faith and hope?
0: Okay, so, man, that's a killer question because... I actually had in my opening dialogue that very question to answer uh, in case I didn't get any calls today, which I've got a full bank here, so we're going to have to get rolling. But the, the thing is, is we believe, because the Bible talks about the greatest time of revival the world has ever seen in the future, that the great falling away has already happened. The Apostle Paul prophesied about the great falling away, and he said, hey, when we die off, when myself, the other apostles... The, all the preachers in that day, when they die off, the Bible says that grievous wolves will come in among you to steal away the truth, even people among the church would do it. Well, that happened right after the apostles died off in the in the first centuries there, Bibles were only were handwritten back then. so imagine you had to be fabulously wealthy to have a Bible or some pages of that. So we went off into what's called the dark ages. We went completely away from the original teachings of the apostles and went into the dark ages and then with the reformation in 1517 we started coming out of that angela we see revival in the future not a great falling away i believe that's already happened back then and now we're in the age of enlightenment coming back into the full truth thank you for the call All right, guys, straight back to the phone. Let's go to Gwen right here in Texas. God bless, Gwen. Welcome to End of the Age.
6: Hi, Jay. Well, a quick, uh, couple quick questions here. Yes. You know, about 15 or 20 years ago, I used to listen to an article and was talking about um, the army that will start the Third World War. Yes. They boast of having about 200 million men. Yes. Well, you know, I think I used to kind of uh, just recently, I was listening to someone talk about this, and I think I was kind of... Misquoting it because um, I think they're right today. China is only, and they been talking about China's one of the boast about that, but they only boast about having two two million men. How is it that, and I know the Bible is true, yeah. but obviously there's a lot more I need to know. How is it that it must not be going to be just one country because not one is going to have 200 yes. million men? Yes. So that one I want you to expound on that one because I think I've been uh, speaking wrong on that. Yeah. And
0: uh L- let me answer that one Gwen. And okay. then we'll go to the next one really quick. The so if you look at China's military right now, India, there's no no, they've got about 2.83 just over 3 million uh in their military. However, with military age men that are able to fight, they could field an army of 200 million soldiers. If you understand what just happened in Ukraine when Russia attacked, they would not let anybody from 16 to 60 Leave the country. Because they thought, no, you're going to fight. It's the same way in China. If we went into a World War III, they could put an army of 200 million soldiers on the battlefield. And that's where it's talking mm-hmm. about right there. When we say India, China, or, uh, India, China, and the Islamic faction on the planet, all of them could field an army of 200 million soldiers. Not, not their current military, no way. But right. they could put an army... Uh, uh, that large on the battlefield, those three entities today. Yep. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay, you got to put it like
6: so that. So you're accurate then. when it's you're not-
0: saying that. Yes.
6: Okay. And yep. I'm going to this time. Um, you know where it says a cashless society? You can't buy nor sell anything unless, you know, you're going to take that mark of the beast. Yes. Now, obviously, that's going to be during the Great Tribulation. Yes. Now, it says when the covenant is confirmed with uh, Israel and, and the Palestinians, yeah. then the Antichrist will be revealed. Well, that's under the, during the Great Tribulation, so that's only going to leave three and a half years. So, obviously, the another question, is that going to—is the war going to be— at the well, I guess now you answered. Of course, it's going to be at the end. Yes. So that's going to be during the Great Tribulation, the the, the Third World War. Yeah. So um, I hope you understand my question. So I'm um, yes. w- listening to what you were saying. That's going to happen at the end. During that time, will be the cast of Society, correct? Or
0: yes. So the, 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 the yeah. So I'll just concerns? give you I'll give you the timing of it real quick. The Antichrist will confirm a covenant with many for a seven year period. Halfway through, so three and one half years later, the Bible says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. The rapture, the second coming, will not come, except there come a falling away first, which has already occurred, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. At what point is that? He's not revealed at the time when he and hundreds of others in the international community confirm the covenant, he's not revealed at the beginning. Three and one half years, the Bible says he's, he's revealed the son of perdition when he opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he has God sits in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. That event's called the abomination of desolation. That happens okay. three and a half years into the final seven years. That is the catalyst that launches us into the great tribulation. The final three and one half years, that's when the mark of the beast is doled out. The Battle of Armageddon is at the very end of the seven-year period. Oh,
6: yes. okay. All yes. right, well, thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. God bless you, my friend. And the scripture that lets you know that is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. 2,
6: 3, and 4?
0: Yeah, 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 3 and 4. Okay, yeah. all right. Thank okay. you. All right, God bless you. Let's go to Lucy in Maine. God bless Lucy. Welcome to End of the Age.
10: Hi, Dave. How are you? Good. How are you?
0: I'm tremendous.
10: Good. Um, my question is: um, First, a statement. The America doesn't no, does not become one part does not become part of the one world government, right?
0: So we currently are, but it appears, oh. yeah, it appears that uh, at the in, in the end time that we we will not be fully engaged in that because. We're not mentioned in the world-governing body in Revelation 13. One chapter back, we're mentioning protecting Israel against that world-governing body. So even though we are right now, you see seen how fast Donald Trump could start pulling us out of that. That could happen in the very near future as well. We won't be fully engaged in the world-governing body according to Scripture.
10: So the when our when our dollar crashes, because you can see that's coming, not an if, it's a when now, <laughs> Okay. The uh, the currency won't be part of the mark of the beast. So it won't lead to the mark of the beast, or no? Right. So, I right, still
0: okay. I still hope it's an if.
10: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I,
0: I I'm I'm still hoping in that.
10: Me um, too.
0: But yes, I'm still hoping it's an if. <laughs> also, the I'm watching cryptocurrency because cryptocurrency. Yeah. uh and I'm not saying. I know people hear this and they're going to, Dave said go out and, you know, cryptocurrency is going to be a way we can buy and sell in the market of the beast. I don't know that at this point. But I'm watching cryptocurrency and the international community, the world governing body, i.e. Joe Biden and our central banks around the world, they hate cryptocurrency. They're demonizing it. <laughs> Look at what Joe Biden said the other day with his executive order because they can't control it and it's galling them. So he said, hey, what mm-hmm. we need to do is regulate that while we put out the central bank, proposes their own digital dollar. So they're wanting to regulate cryptocurrency that they can't control, but to put out their own digital dollar that they can control. So right. if the cryptocurrency could keep, and I've just seen where it's exploding right now, I just read an article, hmm. if, if that could keep going and, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen with the dollar. If I knew that, right. I would probably be fabulously wealthy. Yeah. But at All this right. point I I don't know the answer to that. Um but I'm watching cryptocurrency as well. I have a friend, well, a guy, I know a guy that his brother owns one of the major companies selling these things, crypto currencies and he said that uh some many of the large retailers are getting ready to start taking these as currency. Well, I think mm. our government is going nuts. They do not want to see that happening and that's why This executive order just came. Mm. Now, I'm not a a, a cryptocurrency guru. However, I've heard this conversation and he's talked to me about it. And if some of these major retailers were to start taking that, that might be a way where people could function if this world governing thing comes down very heavily. At this point, Lucy, I think we're going to have to live into this thing some more. I think we're a little ways away yet for me to give a conclusive answer. I read everything I can get my hands on. I ask questions, I'm talking to radio people all the time, people in the know, I'm getting information from everywhere. Once I get it to where I can give a conclusive answer, then I'll do that. But until that time, I don't want to, I don't want to send somebody down a wrong road. And so, um, but I I don't think we're there yet. I think it's very close, but the beast, the Antichrist, we're still at least three and a half years away from him even coming on the scene. Oh, okay. And so, right. yes, they are, we are watching precursors to a lot of this. But at the end of the day, I, I am walking by faith, being led by the Spirit of God, and I trust in God to take us through, because I know End Time Ministries is going to be very influential in Israel and around the world in facilitating this great end-time revival. So in my mind, I'm studying this, but I'm focused on building God's kingdom. And the Bible says... Take no thought what ye shall eat, drink, or wear. Your heavenly Father knows you have need of these things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. So, Lucy, here's the deal. And this is the message to everybody. If you take care of God's business, he will take care of your business. He's done it for I've seen it a thousand times working alongside my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter. That's how we're going to make it through, Lucy, in the end time. Okay.
10: Great. Okay, thank you. All I, right. I appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. God
0: bless you. Thank you. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, let's go to Sharon in Oregon. God bless Sharon. Welcome to End of the Age.
10: Hi there, Dave. This is going to be like quick shoot it there. Um, uh, with uh, uh, I'm curious with the possibility of, with a few things going there, but with the um, possibility of, <laughs> don't laugh at me too much, um, uh, Trump being one of the one of the two um, uh, witnesses. witnesses. Now you can go back to that. You you can go to the first off. Look at uh, the some of the background um, uh, generationally. Grandmother involved with the major um, major characters of the um, uh, apostolic uh, um, Holy Ghost. uh, revival yep. up in you know where I'm talking about. Yep, I've okay. seen some of that. Uh, but, but with that, and then also, then adding here just recently, um, looking at uh, studying into the pre- some presidential executive orders yep. that are directly designed, um, uh, that are exactly opposite or coming directly against, yep. um, uh you know, the world's order. Yeah. And and how much they hate him right now. <laughs> they have hated him with this. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, last thing was that uh that made me think about it was that um uh brother Art Wilson being yes. an apostolic preacher that is one of the on um he, He's on a, he's e a great friend of mine. Okay, great. You know yeah. I'm talking about then. Yep. Um and having been having that access to him uh or to Trump, yep. um uh, all of those things i don't know exactly you know it don't take but much at all for the lord to turn somebody's life around including trump
0: yeah i know and
10: and all of that and um uh, i'm just curious i'm looking at this stuff and how late we are in things and and this different things lining up like that what do you think
0: yeah um so i think anything's possible <laughs> because i've seen <laughs> i've seen people like you cannot imagine with horrible Backgrounds. God saved them, turn them around, and you they're preachers today. Okay? So anything's right. possible. I believe, here's what we believe about the two witnesses that they will be men of God who God will un- give a special anointing to that will mm-hmm. preach and teach the gospel of the kingdom of God, the true gospel of the kingdom of God, the one they taught that's sure. taught in Scripture, not the watered down right. version that a lot of people are teaching. Right but I mean the absolute true yeah. fire and brimstone word of God um, like it was taught back in the day and mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that's what they will be teaching and, and preaching, winning souls, facilitating the great end-time revival. They will have power to turn water to blood. They will have power to stop the rain. Many things will happen. They will be a thorn in the side of the Antichrist. Now, with exactly. that said, could that be Donald Trump? I have not heard, that's the first time I've ever heard, could Donald Trump be the two witnesses, one of them? Um, Again, anything's possible. (laughs) He would have to get busy leading a very Christian lifestyle. He would have to really educate himself on the Word of God because these men will be teaching the same gospel that was taught throughout the New Testament, and he would have to be leading a spirit-led life. If he's willing to do that... He was willing to be born again. He's willing to study the Word of God. I think anything's possible. At this point, Sharon, I do not have a conclusive answer. That's <laughs> purely speculation. I understand when that's what you're doing. But um, at this point, purely speculation on my part. However, um, anything's possible. And so I do thank you for the call. I, I, man, I've got... Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm going to have to... Uh, we're coming right up to an end. I, I, I'm leaving a couple callers. I do apologize email me drobbins at endtime.com happy to answer any question you got over the weekend i want to say god bless each and every one of you thank you for watching us and supporting us and may god's blessing rest upon all of your lives put a hedge of protection around each and every one of you so we can join back together next week